our faith in Almighty God. You voted to make America great again. We are making America greater than ever before, and it's happening before your eyes. We will rekindle new faith in our values, new pride in our history, and a new spirit of unity that can only be realized through love for our great country. The American people voted to reject this corrupt globalism. This is the most important election in the history of our country. And yet, despite all of our greatness as a nation, everything we have achieved is now in danger. We will never give up. We will never concede. It doesn't happen. And when I'm reelected, the best is yet to come. Another thing we'll do, and so many people have been asking me about it, if I run and if I win, we will treat those people from January 6th fairly. We will treat them fairly. And if it requires pardons, we will give them pardons because they are being treated so unfairly. And another- Ladies and gentlemen, that is just one of the promises from President Donald J. Trump at his rally in Texas over this weekend. And if you did not watch that show, I highly, highly suggest that you go check it out. If you did not watch that rally, if you did not watch that video, please go do so. Do yourself a favor because not only did President uh, President Trump drop a lot of knowledge and, and hints about what he's going to do, but he dropped a lot of promises too. And President Trump does not promise anything, ladies and gentlemen, unless he's 100% sure that he's going to be able to achieve that. Name one promise that he went back on. Name one promise that he went back on while he was the president of the United States, other than draining the swamp, which was a lot deeper than any of us ever thought. Or as President Trump would say, which was a lot deeper. It was a lot deeper than any of us have ever thought. But it's okay because we caught him. We caught every single one of them, and we're going to take back the White House. We caught them all. We caught them trying to cheat. We caught the swamp. Folks, you are locked and loaded right here. This is Live from America, and I am your ever-so-humble, God-fearing, and God-loving host of the show, Jeremy Harrell, the Hip Hop Patriot. Today is the last day of January, January 31st. 
Year of Our Lord 2021. And uh, it is an honor and a blessing to be here with you guys every single day to do this show. We did have a show yesterday, um, a, a special Sunday show with uh, Pastor Tim Frisch. That show is actually being recorded because when I am away from February 10th to 14th, that will be one of the episodes that plays for Real America's Voice News. I'm also going to be recording a few other videos this week um, that are that are not so specific to <coughs> excuse me, current events. Sound like Hillary there. Not so specific to current events, but more uh, tailored to, you know, constitutional, um, constitutional uh, learning, uh, going through the Constitution, learning each and every bit of it so that we know it, so that we're armed with the best information possible. And of course, another one on specifically election integrity and the 25, 26 now security, uh, election security laws that uh, 20 states have now passed, um, so we got a lot coming up, and uh, I, I cannot wait to see what this year brings. I think a lot of – based on what President Trump was saying uh, on, in the ra- on the rally uh, on Saturday and based on everything that I've been reporting on over the last two years, ladies and gentlemen, 2022 is about to be a bigger, a bigger year than each one of us think. Now, before, ladies and gentlemen, before I get to shout-outs and before I get to the Lord, I do want to let you know that – uh, Lindsey Graham is the snake that every one of us has has known he is for a very, very, very long time because President Trump, I played that cold open for a reason. The reason I played that cold open this morning was to, was to uh, uh, show you guys one of President Trump's promises, which was uh, to pardon the January 6th political prisoners. Not long after he said that, Lindsey Graham is quoted saying the following. I hope they go to jail and get the book thrown at them because they deserve it. And who was that flip-flopping swamp rat talking about, folks? He was talking about the January 6th political prisoners. He was talking about the January 6th political prisoners. Yesterday morning on talk show, on on, on a series of talk shows, uh, Dangerous Lindsey Graham and Rhino Susan Collins bucked Trump and vowed to persecute the January 6th political prisoners. And, and um, Lindsey Graham is on record saying these are not good people. These are not good people, he said. Now, Republican elected officials sought to distance themselves from a pledge does, uh, President Donald J. Trump made over the weekend to pardon those charged in the January 6th protest at the U.S. Capitol. Should he run for the White House again and win? Uh, Lindsey Graham said, I think it's inappropriate. Talking about Trump saying he would pardon them if that was the case. I think it's inappropriate, he said on CBS Face the Nation. When asked if he believed that Trump's pledge to offer pardons to the rioters could be dangerous, Graham said, yes, he did. I don't think I don't want to reinforce that defiling the Capitol was OK. I don't want to do anything that would make this more likely in the future. Well, then you need to turn your sights and you need to turn those weak, ridiculous, stupid, swamp donkey, rhino comments to your friend, Nancy Pelosi. That's where you need to direct those, Lindsey Graham. The senator then said, I hope they go to jail and get the book thrown at them. Well, good. We now know where you stand, you piece of crap, and we're going to be calling and blowing up your phones just to tell you how much of a piece of crap you really are. And I know that South Carolinians keep voting for him because he brings in billions of dollars 
uh, for the labor and the workforce in the uh, in the state. But you guys, you're going to have to rip that Band-Aid off sooner or later in South Carolina. Now, I know that there's a lot of people in my state that we need to rip the Band-Aid off to, and we're working at that. Trust me, we are working at that. Matter of fact, Mike Lindell is going to be coming here to New Hampshire, and him and I and a lot of other people are going to be working to expose the fraudulent scumbag rhinos and swamp donkey Democrats here in this in this state. You guys need to rip that Band-Aid off and get rid of that loser. I don't care how many billions of dollars he brings your workforce. If you still, if you want to be represented by this flip-flop loser who's no better than Tony the Ratface Fauci, then go ahead and keep doing it. But you're giving South Carolinians a bad name, and you're lo- and you're making people look at, at at your state like, wow, how can they keep how can they keep this flip-flop loser in there? Now, I'm not saying anything about you, the voter. I'm saying you, the voter in South Carolina, should take a real hard look at what's more important. Having this guy who's been in power for this many years and staying there because he can solidify billions of dollars in your workforce, well, you know what? Other people can do that too. Other candidates can do that too. Other elected officials can do that too. And these are the kind of people that we need to purge from this party. Ladies and gentlemen, these are the kind of people that we need to purge from this party. So let's stay focused and stay laser focused on these kind of people because they're the ones that are holding us back. They're the ones that are destroying everything that we're working so hard for on the ground. Lindsey Graham also said that he would vote for President uh, Biden's nominee to the Supreme Court as long as they're qualified, instead of holding lock and step with the Republicans and not allowing it to move forward. This guy, Lindsey Graham, and so many like him are, need to be exposed, and they need to be run out of town ASAP. Ladies and gentlemen, let's go to the Lord, because it was a long weekend. It was a good weekend for so many. I've got uh, a lot of emails and a lot of people saying that they're better. They're not as sick as they were a week ago. So those, those are God's prayers, uh, or those are prayer, our prayers answered by God. Those are blessings. We need to focus on that. We need to love that. We need to enjoy what we have. And, and having said that, we're going to go right to the Lord right now to do just that. So the title of this morning's newsletter was Spiritual Food for the Soul. Spiritual Food for the Soul. And it comes from John 4, 32. If you have your Bibles and you're trying to uh, read along, it is John 4, 32, which says, But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that ye not know of. Nonbelievers take the statement along with others in the Bible and say, See, Jesus said that you don't even have to eat food to live. They see this as they see everything today, as misinformation. Imagine if Jesus was alive today, how many fact checkers would check his social media post or his statements and say, he's out there spreading misinformation. He needs to be taken off the street. It's exactly what they did back then. Except the fact checkers were the Pharisees. But like Jesus said, I speak to these, I speak in these parables so that those who believe can understand and those who do not will be confused. Of course we need food, ladies and gentlemen. Food is essential for life. It helps our bodies grow and become healthy and strong. However, the wrong foods can kill us. As a matter of fact, improper diets have killed far more people than disease ever thought of. Our souls need nourishment as well, though, you guys. Jesus said, quote, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. In other words, Jesus valued spiritual nourishment far more than he did physical nourishment. 
He never meant don't eat. He was comparing the two and teaching which one we should value more. Also, just like we can have a wrong diet for our bodies that could cause catastrophic issues, we can also consume a wrong diet for our soul, which is far worse. It can lead to failure, depression, loneliness, and stress, which will end up taking your life and or leading you down a path of confusion and isolation that can, um, a a confusion and isolation that can last a lifetime. Now, there's an old saying that you guys might have might have heard before. It says garbage in, garbage out. And that means from food to music to the company you surround yourself with and much more. If you let bad in, bad is bound to come out. So try your hardest to only allow the good in, in literally everything that you do. Remember, folks, garbage in, garbage out. Amen. I see that people are already posting Lindsey Graham's phone number in the chat. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you so very much for doing that. Get more of that in there so people know this number and that we can call and call and call today. In between shows, I'm going to call five separate times. I'm going to call five separate times. That's what I'm committing myself to in between shows today. And come next week, we'll be able to have that all through the system so I don't have to sit here with a phone like this next to the uh, microphone. We'll have it, digi- uh, we'll have it uh, digitized, and we'll also be accept- uh, starting to accept phone calls as well here in the future now that we've got a producer and now that we're working on a more efficient level. Ladies and gentlemen, please remove your hats. It's Monday. Are you excited for Live from America? I don't see a lot of excitement in the comment threads. Let's get excited for Live from America. Let's say the Lord's Prayer together. Let's remove our hats. Let's join hands. Let's all say it together, whatever we got to do to give honor and glory to the Lord because the weekend is over. Monday is here. A new week is ready. A new week is starting. And a new fight, ladies and gentlemen, we are gearing up for. So please remove your hats. And let's all say it together like we do every day, shall we? Here we go. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? Yes, Jeremy. Yes. The only great thing for Monday mornings pretty much is you back. Well, thank you, Shelly. I appreciate that. I feel the same way in a lot of ways. Miranda says, I'm excited to hear, but Lindsey Graham is a downer. Yes, he is. That's why we got that bad news out of the way. I have got some serious, serious investigation that I did for you guys over this weekend that I cannot wait to break to you today uh, concerning our GDP and the state of our economic uh, outlook of our country right now. Uh, But we'll get into that in a little bit. The show is chock full of stuff today. But before we get started, I do want to let you guys know that we are now 61%. Folks, in two weeks. In two short weeks, we are now 61% back to our recurring monthly income. That is hugely incredible. I am so very blessed and honored. 
And by the way, folks, over this weekend, we got a couple of very large donations for the show, which carries us now all the way, almost all the way through the month of April. So we are funded, ladies and gentlemen, with the current budget and the current uh, recurring and what everybody helped out with in the last two weeks that was above their monthly recurring donations, we are now uh, funded through most of April. So I just want to say thank you so very much for believing in me. Thank you so very much for believing in this show, and thank you for keeping it going. Uh, and and ladies and gentlemen, uh, it's just going to get bigger. It's just going to get bigger. It's going to get better. We need a thousand shares every single day. So whether you're watching on Getter or Rumble, make sure you get those shares out. I want to say hello to Barbara Peters. How you doing, Jim and Barbara Peters? God bless both of you. I want to say hello to Corn Pop. God bless her, and God bless everything that's going on in their lives. Rita, thank you very much. Scotty, thank you so much. God bless you. Roxy Malone, all glory goes to God. Thank you, LFA family. Thank you, donors, and me too, says Scotty. God bless you, Scott. Thank you very much. Jan Jan says, news, please. It's coming. It's coming. We got lots of it. Don't worry. We're going to go over today like we do pretty much every morning now. Um, Rosebud, thank you, Jeremy, for revealing Lindsey Graham. We, now we know. Well, we've known for quite a while, but it's just getting worse. Ashley Garland says, Jeremy, can I get a shout out? Yes, you can, girl. How you doing? Christine from Missouri, the show me state of Missouri. How you doing? Good to see you. We're going to jump over to Getter real quick because we do got a Getter family too, much like we had a YouTube family. It seems like the YouTube family kind of migrated to Getter and now we have the Getter family. We got about 400 people watching over there, so we got to give some love to our Getter family. Heidi. Heidi is watching. She says, God bless you, Corn Pop. Chuckley Berries, Katie, 63, waiting on some more good news. Jeremy, I got some for you. I got some for you today. American Girl, Amanda Collins, God bless you, girl. Vicky Vale is watching. Larry Reha sent me a picture last week of him in the pool. Him in the pool, you must live in a good place. I, if I went to try to jump in a pool right now, I would uh, hit my head first on ice. Uh, get her done Mondays. Ann Brink is watching. Ann, how you doing? Miguel uh, Ortiz, how you doing from Florida? Thanks, man. I appreciate you joining in. Keith Day is watching. Thank you very much. And one more. Let's give it to Leslie Lugo. And one more. Let's give it to Nicole O. Watching over on Getter. We love our Getter family. Um, we're spreading out, folks. We're getting bigger. Now we're ready for the first and foremost section. You ready? I know I'm ready. Here we go. Let's break into it. Last week. Last week, right before we signed off for the week, ladies and gentlemen, we got a major court ruling in the great state of Pennsylvania. Now, those who are from the great state of Pennsylvania have probably already eaten this, digested it, had some dessert of this, and then went back for seconds. But we did not really talk about politics over the weekend. We only had a show that was theologically based in a great conversation about our Lord and about Christianity. So we're going to break it down today. Last week's court ruling in Pennsylvania means... Folks, that 40%, listen to me and listen to me closely now, 40% of the 2020 presidential election ballots were what? Unconstitutional. Too bad we had to figure that out after the fact and we should have known it before the fact. Isn't that funny? Isn't that funny that the Pennsylvania Supreme Court The Secretary of State, the governor and the AG there took it upon themselves to create their own election laws to allow mail-in ballots to come in from anybody, anywhere, any time of the day. And not only that, ladies and gentlemen, to count these mail-in ballots for days and days after the 2020 election. Thanks for not just now figuring out what we said, much like with COVID, two years ago, 
that that is unconstitutional. Well, not quite two years ago with the election, but you get what I'm saying. So, ladies and gentlemen, those, 20, those 2020 presidential election ballots, 40% of them in the state of Pennsylvania, are basically and were unconstitutional. Too bad we can't retroactively go back and do something about that, but we can as long as the state legislature gets their butt in gear there, which I know they're working on, but there's a lot of obstacles. Without these fake, phony, 40% of these ballots, President Trump crushed, crushed President Biden by a ratio of two to one in the great state of Pennsylvania. Let's get to the story. Ladies and gentlemen, actually, what I'm going to do first is before we get to the story, I'm going to play a video from the war room over the weekend where um, Steve Bannon actually interviewed the guy that's pretty much responsible for getting this ruling. It's pretty amazing. Check this out. Explosive news coming out of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. I want to go to the great lawyer, Wally Zimalong, who is the lead counsel on this blockbuster decision. Wally, tell us what happened today at the Commonwealth Court to basically say unconstitutional mail-in ballots. I think they're 2.6 million of the 6.9. Think almost 40% of the votes with these mail-in ballots, ladies and gentlemen. There's no way this thing could be certified. Wally, walk us through how you got this amazing decision today. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Steve. It's an absolutely monumental decision for the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. It's a monumental decision for the Pennsylvania Constitution, the rule of law and election integrity. So uh, there was a similar challenge uh, to the constitutionality of Act 77. Act 77 was the legislation that brought no excuse mail-in voting to Pennsylvania in 2019. And the challenge, unfortunately, asked for a uh, extraordinary relief, which was uh, to throw out all mailed ballots uh, that were going to, to be counted or had been counted in the 2020 election. The case made its way up to the Pennsylvania Supreme Court. And the Pennsylvania Supreme Court rejected the challenge, but it rejected the challenge on what could be considered a technicality. Uh, it just said that the, the plaintiffs in the case waited too long. But it never really addressed the merits, which were very good merits, which was whether or not uh, no excuse mailed in voting was constitutional. And uh, in the summer of 2020, I uh, brought a case on behalf of a uh, uh, election official that challenged the constitutionality of Act 77 and asked the court to get to the merits of it because we believe that was left unresolved. And we followed it well in advance of any election. And we made very clear the uh, relief that we were seeking was to have it declared unconstitutional. We weren't looking to the past. We weren't looking to undo the results of any other election. We were just trying to make sure that elections going forward in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania were done according to the Pennsylvania Constitution. So that matter was briefed and argued. The Pennsylvania Democratic Party got involved. The Democratic National Committee not got involved. They parachuted all kind of fancy lawyers into the Commonwealth. We argued the case twice before the Commonwealth Court of Pennsylvania, which is the intermediate uh, appellate court in Pennsylvania, uh, one uh, rung below the Pennsylvania Supreme Court. And finally, today, we got an opinion uh, in our favor from the court that agreed whole cloth with what we had presented to the court. All our arguments were accepted. And uh, it, it, it reiterated that 
the law of Pennsylvania in the in the Constitution is that you cannot have no excuse mail in voting. This has been the law for at least 150 years, and it was reiterated by the court today. So we're very, very pleased with the result. Wally, just please hang on. We're going to take a short commercial break. We're going to come back. All right. So basically that so 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 Wally there, he's he's been fighting and he's been responsible, really, for pushing this and getting this done. Now, what does that mean? What does that mean that we got this ruling that says that the the 40 percent of the uh, which is the mail in ballots were unconstitutional, unconstitutional? Well, ladies and gentlemen, it means that that ruling might just start pushing people over the edge. You know what I mean? Might start getting more. Uh, rulings like this in each one of these states. And and the good thing about this is, is going forward, they will be unconstitutional. Going forward, they will be unconstitutional. Now, this will be appealed, obviously, and it will go to the Supreme Court, obviously. But a lot of what we were experiencing a year ago with no standing, no standing, no standing was just courts not wanting to hear it because they were too afraid. Now that we've got courts, and it wasn't just this court, it's been many courts who have sided with the fact that these mail-in ballots are completely unconstitutional in so many ways, they're starting to hear these cases. And when they start to hear these cases, they actually start to see the evidence. He just said they sided with everything that was asked for. Why? Because they had the evidence to back it up. It wasn't that these courts were shooting down, and we all know this, you know this, but it wasn't that these courts were shooting down based on evidence. They were shooting down based on standing. We had to go back and we had to get the right legislator. We had to get the right cases filed. We had to get them done the right and proper way, which is why these things take time. We're mad because of Mark Burnovich not take, you know, getting things done. Well, imagine if he goes and, he's, and, and everything's not done correctly and it gets kicked back. There it goes. The 22 months will be up. You won't have access to these records. Boom, it's over with. Same thing with Mike Lindell in his Supreme Court case. I've been talking behind the scenes with these guys. I know how hard it is to get this done. I know that they don't want to go and get kicked out of court again and not only be the laughing stock of the fake news media because they don't even understand how this stuff works anyway, but also, ladies and gentlemen, to get these judges and these courts to listen to the uh, information, the, the evidence, and the proof, because once they do, this is what happens. They side fully with uh, the, the, uh, the people bringing the cases because they have the evidence to show it. Now, when this makes it to the Supreme Court, and it will, I fully expect the Supreme Court to side with the lower court ruling on this. I fully expect that because the Constitution clearly states what Jenna Ellis and what Rudy Giuliani have been saying for the last two years that the legislative body of each state has plenary power to not only create, but also to enforce election rules and laws in their state, which, by the way, Pennsylvania was one of the worst as it was, um, as, as it was related to the state, legislator, state legislature being circumvented and not even part of the process. Not even part of the process. And we know that in Wisconsin, mail-in ballots were probably the strictest state on mail-in ballots, and they used millions of them there too, which is going to be overturned. I'm telling you guys, folks, I am telling you, I don't know and I, don't, and I can't tell you whether decertification will result in placing Donald Trump at the seat that he's supposed to be in. I don't know because I've never been there. I've been having talks with a friend of mine, Dave Shostokas, who will start coming on Real, uh, Live from America weekly, and we will have a, a segment called Constitutional Corner where we will stop and we will s literally focus on a portion of the Constitution and break it down and break it down for what the way it was meant to be interpreted by our founding fathers. We're going to start doing that once a week very shortly. And I talked to him about this and 
about the deciding vote uh, in the Senate for a Supreme Court nominee if, just in case, the rumor of, of putting somebody like Kamala Harris there, which I don't see happening, but what would that look like? Would she be the deciding vote? And he's even saying, look, we're in a realm that we've never been in before. We can tell you what the Constitutional was written as and what it means, but how somebody interprets it is a whole other thing, and we are in uncharted waters. So let me get it back to what I was telling you. Here's what I was saying. Do I think there are going to be decertifications happening? Yes. I believe before the 2022 midterms and before the 22 months uh, is up that people are supposed to hold on to election documents, I believe Arizona, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania will decertify their electors. That's just what I believe. Now, do I believe President Trump will be placed in the presidency as a result of that? Well, you would think, right? You would think the logical thing to do is when we pull back these electors and Joe Biden was never really awarded them and we had uh, elections where judges are now saying that was unconstitutional, you would think in a logical world that President Trump would be placed back where he rightfully belongs. I don't know that's the case. I don't know that's the case because there's no precedent set for this. Did Trump win? Yes. No question about it. I'm not even saying that because I love the guy. I'm telling you that because it's honest to God real. Now, if we had not seen this proof, if we, had not, if we have not uh, continued to fight over this last year and uncover everything like what True the Vote is uncovering, folks, then I would have said, it's hard to say. But we have the proof. We have the evidence. I don't care whose name is where. I don't care what, what letter is in front of somebody's name. We have the evidence. And this is an American election integrity um, problem. Not who did it and who went, who's win, who won where and who didn't. That can be, that's, that's secondary and those people should be dealt with appropriately. But, but, but what we need to be focusing on is the integrity of our election. And as an American, after seeing everything that we've seen, trying to look at it from a, an, un, uh, uh, an unbiased uh, perspective, I fall right into the same mold as most people in this country do right now that says, I don't believe that our elections are free and fair and secure. If you feel the same way I do, regardless, ladies and gentlemen, of the names that are on the ballots, let me know in the comments section, give me an amen and tell me you agree so that I can see that I'm not just a crazy one here that is just so biased against Joe Biden that I'm letting this take me down a rabbit hole that doesn't exist because I got to tell you folks I've not seen so much proof and evidence that says one thing while I'm watching another unfold in my life than what I've seen in this crooked election called the 2020 presidential election so ladies and gentlemen for that and because of that we have to give a smarty award of the day we have to give a smarty award of the day so let's cue that drum roll folks let's cue the drum roll the Smarty Award of the Day today goes to Attorney Wally Zimalong. Attorney Wally Zimalong, you get the Smarty Award of the Day for doing exactly what I've been trying to cheerlead for the last year and get people to do. Get involved, stay involved, don't be afraid, and continue to be the tip of the spear and look what happens. Look what happens. So we'll keep up on that story and I will. I, and you can be darn sure I'm going to keep up on that story. You know what I mean? Because that could mean that ruling right there in Pennsylvania could mean the ca- that could be the catalyst right there that starts all of these courts finally pulling in, allow- allowing the-, the case to be heard so they can see for themselves 
the evidence that most of them don't even know exists because they live in this elitist pedestal life that they don't see and feel and hear everything that you and I do. Isn't that crazy? Isn't it crazy that the people are the ones you should have listened to the entire time? Huh, what a concept. What a concept that is. Good job, Wally Zimalong. We're going to get him on the show as well. And folks, by the way, before we get to this next story, which might be one of the best segments of today, one of the best stories of today, at least definitely one of the most in, uh, in, um, informative, is um, I want to let you know that I put together a list of people that uh, we're going to get on the show in the next three months, and it is massive, massive. Now, do these people mean any more than the Tony Shoops of, Amer- of, 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 of uh, Voter PA? Um, no, they don't. They're not more important and they're not better. However, they are in positions that they have an ear and they have the ability, if we bend that ear properly, they have the ability to get our message and our uh, narrative out there and our actions out there. So that's why it's important. That was why, that's why we had to build this studio. That's, how, that's why we had to become a little bit more of a professional uh, show because we had to get these people on and the only way to entice them to come on is to look uh, to look the way we are, and that is professional. So that's that's what we're working on right now, and we're going to change a lot in 2022, this Live from America audience. If you have not liked and shared or rumbled, please do that now. Let's get this show back to where it was. Let's climb it back to where it was. I can't do that. Only you guys can. Now, moving on to the next story. You ready for this? This is going to blow. It's not going to blow your mind, but it's going to arm you uh, with all the ammo you need when you're in this discussion. So the, the, uh, let's, let's get to this important topic that the mainstream media isn't even really focusing on. They're talking about the, the, the fake and phony side of this, not the real side of this, which I'm going to break down for you, okay? And that is our GDP, our gross domestic product. Basically, what are, basically if, if, if America was a household, for all of those who don't know what GDP is or how GDP works, let's just say that that is your income. That's how much money that your business or your household is making because of what it produces. Let's just break it down like that. It's basically your income. Think of it as when you go to get a loan and they ask you what your debt to income ratio is. Think of your GDP as basically your income. And then, of course, you have your debt, which is still called debt. Now, the Biden administration wants the world to believe that not only have they seen the greatest job growth, in the history of the United States of America for one year period of time. But they also want the world to believe that we have the highest GDP that we have ever had in the history of the United States of America, that we are at an all-time high GDP right now. I'm here to tell you, and I'm going to prove to you that that is fake, phony, and false, just like the election, just like the COVID vaccine, just like the promises to get this economy and COVID under control, all of it is a fake, phony lie. And what they do is, in order to try to say that they are following through on their promises so they can hopefully get a vote in November of 22 and 24, is they have to lie. They have to make up numbers, and then they have to tout those numbers. But it isn't even, it isn't even that, folks. All the numbers that you need, every bit of information that you need exists. 99.9% of the population is not going to go look for it. They're just going to take people's word for it. And I'm about to put a huge, huge hole in all of that right now, okay? All right, the Biden administration is touting the highest GDP in history. But how can that be when every job numbers report that comes out is probably a third of what they promised and what they hoped it would be? 
How can that be when the supply chain issues have caused empty shelves and literally stagnant, uh, stagnant economy because people aren't even able to buy the things they want to buy? How can that be? Ladies and gentlemen, when we have the most massive inflation that we've seen in 40 years, how can that be when we have some of the record highest gas prices we've had in a long time, well, since Obama anyway, how can that be when we had September, October, and November, a total of 13 million people quitting their jobs, how can that be when the Biden administration is forcing employers to fire their employees left and right? How could we have the best GDP we've ever had with all of that going on? I'm going to give you a simple answer, folks. We can't and we don't. It's impossible. It's literally impossible. Almost like having more ballots than there are people in the state, Pennsylvania. It is impossible to have the highest GDP that you've ever had in your life when you have all of those problems going on in your economy. It's fake growth, ladies and gentlemen. It is a phony graph and a phony story to tell you so that, you, so that everybody can go, look how great Obama or uh, Biden's doing compared to Trump. He's doing way better. Now, here's the real story, folks. Here's the real story. They created these numbers when they created $6 trillion out of nowhere and then dumped that $6 trillion, which was all pandemic or COVID relief dollars, into the economy that never existed in the first place. So just like they lied and said that they had more job growth than Trump, all they're doing, ladies and gentlemen, is using the same trick that they did when they lied to the economy or the people when they told them that. When they said, look, we have more job growth than Trump. Well, yeah, you do in that period of time because you took everybody's job away and then you gave their jobs back. That's not job growth. We've already talked about that and beat that dead horse and we're not going to beat it again. But it's the same trick. It's the same tactic. It's the same way that they used those phony fake numbers to say they've had the best job growth, which is a complete and utter lie, to say that we have the best GDP. And I'm going to prove it to you, and I'm going to show it to you with the graphs and the charts, okay? Also, they're not even talking. When we get ready to show you these charts, I'm going to prove it to you. They're not even talking about the debt that has been accumulated in that same time frame. All they're talking about is, hey, our economy grew X percent. Our economy is... Five to six trillion dollars better than it was under Trump. That's a lie. They're not, all, they're not talking about the debt that has been accumulated with that six trillion dollars of COVID relief money. Okay? Now, you have to take debt into account. Because let me break it down for you before we show you the, 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 uh, the graphs and the charts. Let's say you wanted to start a business. And you needed a million dollars to start that business. So you went and you got a loan for a million dollars. This is economics for dum-dums, okay? You went and you get a loan for a million dollars. So you now owe a million dollars to that bank. What you do is you create a company and you have a million dollars in sales. Yay, right? Your company's so great. You had a million dollars in sales. Guess what? You still owe that million dollars that you borrowed. And let's not... Let's also, uh, let's also, we have to take into account all the expenses that you had and that you accrued to put all that together to make that million dollars. On top of that, this is what the Biden administration's done. They've basically taken a loan from somewhere and saying that they grew the economy this much, which is not true because they still owe the money. <laughs> Incredible. Our debt to GDP ratio right now is 128.10% 
when Trump left office, that debt to income ratio was 106.80. So in that time, from the time Trump left till the time that Biden, so right now to today, we have, well, at least to Q4 of 2021, because that was the last recorded part uh, portion of it, from the end of Q4 of 2021, our debt to income ratio has went up 22%. Well, just under that, 21.2%. 21.2%. They're not talking about that when they're touting these great GDP numbers. They're not talking about that. In money, what that means is, ladies and gentlemen, we were $21.7 trillion in debt in Q4 of 2019. Okay? In 2021, in Q4 of 2021, we are nearly $25 trillion in debt. Okay, now I want to show you these charts to prove this to you. Let me bring them up on the screen properly with the, with the, the proper fit here so you can see the entire chart. That ought to do it. Check this out. Okay, here is our GDP. Okay, I want you to look at, see my cursor right here? This is, this is our GDP right here. Now, see when I put my cursor on here, it tells me every quarter and what the number was, okay? Now, right here, if you'll notice, you'll see a dip. See that dip right there and then it jumps back up? See that dip? This dip is COVID-19. Okay? This goes from Q1 2020 there, Q4 2019 there, down here to Q2 2020, and then continues to start going back up through the pandemic. So this is the pandemic right here. All right, so let's, let's look at this. Let's look at these numbers. This is Q4 2019. You see that? Q4 2019, our GDP was... There it was, $21.694 trillion. All right? Right here is when they started adding in COVID relief. It's stagnant, folks. It is the same as it was under President Donald J. Trump. It has not moved. The only thing that's moved it, and isn't it interesting, ladies and gentlemen, that it moved pretty much the exact trillion that we printed out of nowhere and put into the economy. See that? Here's Trump. Here's where they started dumping in COVID relief. Right here. So it is exactly the same. They've done nothing but lie. Now let's go over and let's show you our debt to income ratio. Here we go. This is interesting. Look at the end of uh, 2019, Q4 2019, 106.8. Then it jumps all the way up to 128.1. Look at this. See this? Previous, 106.80. The highest, which is where it is right now, 128.10. You see that? This is under Biden. This is under Trump. So not only did he raise our debt-to-income ratio by 22%. Look at that. 20, oh, just under 21 and change. But he also, ladies and gentlemen did not get the growth that he's promising because you have to take into account the $6 trillion that was created right here. You, you take $6 trillion and you dump it into the economy, of course, of course it's going to look like our economy is $6 trillion better than it was, but that's not true because you took that money and you printed it out of nowhere. So ladies and gentlemen, it's just, I really wanted to break this stuff down for you so that you can see how they lie, how they fudge numbers. They're not taking, long story short, the economy is, is basically, the GDP is basically the same as it was under Trump. It's just stagnant. It's just sitting there. It's just sitting there and it's not growing 
because there is no growth because of everything that I mentioned, the high gas prices, the inflation, the people that left the workforce, the, 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 um, the supply chain crisis, uh, all that stuff. And then you add in the $6 trillion of debt printed out of nowhere and you dump that into the economy to make it look like the economy is operating with $6 trillion more when it's really not. That is how they fudge the numbers, folks. And I really wanted to research that. I really wanted to look into all this. So when I break this down for you, when I broke this down for you guys, you guys understood it in a, in a very easy way to be able to take that as ammo and take it and argue to people that go, well, Biden's got the greatest, not only did he have the greatest job growth, but he also has the greatest GDP. Those are wrong. Those are fake false numbers. And now you know how to combat it. With the job growth, it was, okay, they took away X million, X million amount of jobs and they gave them back. That's not job growth. Show me one new job that was created based on new policy or new companies investing into the country. They're not going to be able to do that. They're never going to be able to do that, okay? And with the GDP, you can say, isn't it funny? Isn't it funny how there's a little over $5 trillion more than there was under President Donald J. Trump in GDP, but you guys added $6 trillion into the economy that didn't exist. How do you explain that? They're never going to be able to explain that. Ever, 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 ever. So I just wanted to walk you guys through that as much as I possibly could so that you could see exactly how they're lying so that when somebody comes at you with this ridiculous argument, you can go, oh, hold up, hold up, wait. You're lying. I'm about to correct you because you don't <laughs> know nothing. You know what I mean? That's we got to make sure that we have the ammo. We got to make sure we have the ammo. All right. Moving on from that. True the vote. True the vote. The comp or the uh, the group that has been exposing the uh, ballots drop box fraud in Georgia that ended up spreading to all these other swing states. They might, ladies and gentlemen, just save the country. They might just single-handedly, well, not single-handedly, they got a lot of people working on this as well, but they might save America by following the money all the way to the top and exposing the people that are paying for this voter fraud. It's getting bigger and bigger, ladies and gentlemen, and I guarantee you, true the vote, Heather Mullins, Dinesh D'Souza, everybody that's involved in this right now, they haven't even begun to release the proof. Why? Because they don't want the Democrats to, to get to these people. They have not released names or proof, because they or, or all the proof, because they don't want the Democrats to get to these people before they can take this to a uh, uh, to to an attorney general and to get an indictment on these folks. Okay, I want to uh, I want to read to you a little bit before we play you a video. Dinesh D'Souza. This was yesterday, and True the Vote released an explosive video of massive ballot trafficking fraud in the 2020 election. And predictably, ladies and gentlemen, Kevin McCarthy, Ronna McDaniel, and Mitch McConnell all ignored the news. And you got to wonder whose side are they on. And it's really funny, too, isn't it? Ronna McDaniel, Kevin McCarthy, Mitch McConnell. I think all of them need to get the McHell out of here and get out of our party so that we can run it efficiently. That's what I think. Let's talk a little bit about this. 100% fed up reports that using geo, geo tracking devices, True the Vote was able to take footage from drop boxes across America in key states like Georgia and others to track over 2,000 mules wearing gloves and disguises to stuff ballot boxes. The trailer that you're about to see, that I'm about to show you is explosive. The footage captures on camera the massive fraud of the 2020 presidential election. 
you would think that after such undeniable proof of massive voter fraud that the GOP leaders, like the three that I just mentioned, would be shouting from the rooftops right now. However, they are not, folks. Mitch McChina, Kevin McCarthy, and Ronna McDaniel just sit there and talk about, we need to win in 2022. We need to win in 2024. Send us money. Send us money, GOP calling you every single day. Give us money. Give us money. Give us money. GOP leader Ronna McDaniel uh, doesn't even mention, doesn't even mention the video that was released. GOP leader of the House, of, of the Republican uh, side of the House, Kevin McCarthy, He said nothing about this trailer that's been released. Mitch McConnell has not even said anything about this trailer that was released. Imagine if all three of these losers got together and actually did what the Republicans wanted them to do. We are sick and tired of these lightweight losers. That's that's, that's 100% right. We are sick and tired of these lightweight losers. I want to get to this video and show you this trailer right now. It was released by Dinesh D'Souza and True the Vote. Check this out. The election was the most secure in U.S. history. There has been no evidence of widespread voter fraud. He lost a fair and secure election. The most secure election in American history. Really? Look at that. Ooh, look at that. You deserve a special thanks from the entire nation. This one mule made 53 trips to 20 drop boxes. He's not alone. We tracked 2,000 mules making multiple ballot drops. Leaving no fingerprints. Snapping photos to get paid. A coordinated ring of illegal vote harvesting in all the key states where the election was decided. They delivered us a clear victory. Game over. Folks, the great thing about the fighting that we've done in this last year is we're exposing this stuff so that it never, ever happens to future generations ever ever again and when when history looks back on this they will know you they will know me they will know the Dinesh D'Souza's they will know the true the votes they will know the Heather Mullins the Garland Favoritos the 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 uh Wendy Rogerses the Mark Finchams the Rudy Giuliani's the Jenna Ellis's the Sidney Powell's the Donald Trump's they will remember the Marjorie Taylor Greens they will remember the people who fought for this country and I will be damned if I sit around and not be part of that to make a better uh, future for our children, to make a better country for our children, to take the country back from these losers, these uniparty scumbags who have had it held captive for so long. I know everybody wants President Trump back in the White House. I get it. 
the amount of work and effort and fight that it takes in order to make that happen one way or the other is massive. Do you know the video footage they were just showing right there of those mules dropping those drop or mallet ballots in those drop boxes and taking pictures? What you just seen is literally a just a sliver, ladies and gentlemen, just a sliver of the amount of footage that the True the Vote has. I'm talking terabytes. Terabytes of footage that show people physically doing this. Now, you'll have the losers that we keep blocking and we'll keep blocking, like the Freddie Durfs of the world. Keep, keep, keep being a loser, you moron. Keep being a loser. Spending your day doing what you're doing. Keep being that. We hope you are. Because the bigger you morons uh, think you get, the higher you think you're climbing, the farther the fall, and we're going to be standing over your dead corpse. And I'm saying that metaphorically, not in, not in physically. We're going to be standing over your politically dead corpse saying, why didn't you just listen? You stupid, stupid person. You can put the video footage right in front of these losers' faces and they still don't get it. They still don't get it. They still, no matter, you could show them a video footage of... You, it wouldn't matter. I, I can't even think of a, a, a way that you can show these people what happened because we're showing them video footage. But they'll say the same thing they say about Project Veritas, won't they? Oh, they doctored it. They edited it. Scum of the earth. We're coming after every single one of you, no matter how long it takes. Just like those truckers in Canada right now, you guys. Just like those truckers in Canada... There was a report out that they had enough fuel, enough oil resources to stay there a month. Well, the organizers who put all this together, who are bringing it to America as well, we've already started our American, um, the process of the American truckers doing the same exact thing they're doing in Canada. They released a statement just yesterday that says, no, no, we have two to four years worth of resources to occupy this capital, and we will stay here as long as that coward Justin Trudeau and his coward family try to hide. We'll stay here until we make a difference. You think that we're going to just leave? No, this is not a one and done thing. This is not a, oh, we'll fix it next month. We'll fix it next year. No, we're coming for every single one of you. And we're coming in hot. We're not stopping. You're not been able to stop me. And I'm just one little guy. I'm just one guy who has a massive family behind him, and you couldn't even stop me. What makes you think you're going to stop thousands, millions of truckers? What makes you think you're going to stop millions of Americans who are the lifeblood of this country? What makes you think you're going to stop somebody like President Trump who's got unlimited amount of resources, and he's a billionaire, and he's got a lot of fighters around him? You can't even stop me. You can't even stop little old me. And we're coming for you. It's just so you know. Every single one of you. You got let's go Brandon here in the United States of America. And when we speak about Canada, we'll say let's go Brenda. That's what we're going to say about Justin Trudeau from now. Let's go Brenda. Let's go Brenda. Let's go Brandon. You coward. The coward of the uh, coward award of the year goes to Justin Trudeau. Let's go Brenda. You worthless loser. 
you run like a socialist, like a dictator does run. Remember, remember Saddam Hussein? Remember how he ran? Remember how Saddam Hussein ran to a hole? Huh? Remember Osama bin Laden? If the stories are true, how he was hiding like a little rat? We're coming after all of you scumbag, tail between your leg, coward rats. Every single one of you. To move on. President Trump said a lot during this rally last week, ladies and gentlemen. A lot. He made a statement the next day pointing out that Mike Pence had every right to not certify the fraudulent electors that were sent to, to Washington, D.C. on January 6th. You have all these people that say, well, he didn't have the right to do that anyway. Well, he didn't have the right to do that anyway. Well, I beg to differ because did you remember when Mike Pence, traitor Mike Pence, was rubbing elbows with punch-drunk Pelosi, rubbing elbows with, with uh, crying Chuck Schumer? Remember that? President Trump put out a statement pointing out that the recent events show that Mike Pence had every right to not certify the 2020 election results on January 6th. He was just a coward, uniparty, worthless loser, just like the rest of them. President Trump released a statement indicating that there is now proof, ladies and gentlemen, P-R-O-O-F, for all you morons out there, that means something really happened. That the Constitution allowed for his former Vice President Mike Pence to not certify the corrupted 2020 election results. NBC News reported on January 5th, 2021, President Donald J. Trump claimed Tuesday that Vice President Mike Pence could single-handedly reject certain electors during uh, Congress's electoral college uh, certification process, turning up the pressure on him to help overturn the results of the election. The Vice President has the power to reject fraudulently chosen electors, Trump tweeted at that time. But of course, NBC said he did not have that power. They said this is false. Pence, in his role as president of the Senate, is scheduled to preside over Congress's certification um, of the results Wednesday as detailed by the 12th Amendment. But he can't enter, intervene in the process. This is them. The law governing the certification process, the Electoral Count of 1887, specifically limits the power of the president of the Senate, precisely because a president of the Senate has had intervened in the count previously. In 1857, after James Buchanan's win, the Senate pres- uh, president overruled an objection against Wisconsin electors who had been delayed in their certification process by the snowstorm of 1856. Okay, and they went on when they're blah, blah, blah. However, President Donald J. Trump pointed out that Pence did have the right and even the duty not to accept the fraudulent results. The evidence is that the current Senate right now, folks, the current Senate, is trying to pass legislation that would prevent a vice president from doing this in the future. If, a, if the current Senate, sen, Senate, excuse me, is currently right now trying to craft legislation that does not allow a vice president to accept or not accept the electors based on evidence and proof, then what does that tell you? What did Mike Pence have the ability to do if they are currently drafting legislation that would not allow the vice president to do that? What do you think was the case prior to drafting this, this, um, this kind of legislation that hasn't even gone through or voted on yet? Basically, what can the vice president do right now? Donald Trump's statement was this. If the vice president had absolute no right to change the presidential election results in the Senate, Despite fraud 
and many other irregularities, then how come the Democrats and Rhino Republicans like wacky Susan Collins and Lindsey Graham, by the way, why are they desperately trying to pass legislation that would not allow the vice president to change the results of the election? Actually, he said, what are they saying? What they're saying is that Mike Pence did have the right to change the outcome. And now they want to take the right away. Unfortunately, he did not exercise this power. He could have overturned the fraudulent election, says Donald Trump in his statement. Wow. What a loser Mike Pence is. Mike Pence let down the entire nation when he certified the fraudulent results of the 2020 election. He had every right and he had every duty to do what was right, and he chose to side with the uniparty swamp rats instead. And the very fact, for you losers on the left out there who don't understand anything whatsoever about this country, you only regurgitate CNN talking points, the very fact that the Senate is trying to make this legislation now lets you know everything you need to know about what could have happened then. If not, why would they be trying to craft that, re- that legislation? Huh? Why would they be trying to craft that legislation? How dare you? How dare you? Morons. I just can't, you know, the, the, the Christian everyday living life part of me just wants to love and tell everybody the truth. But the flesh, the human part of me, just looks at these people and says, how are they so stupid? How are the people on the left so stupid they don't even understand basic economics, basic politics, basic law, basic culture or tradition? They don't understand anything. What did CNN tell me to do today? I think I'll go do it. Moving on from that, Spotify caved, ladies and gentlemen, as we knew they would. Spotify caved back when I was with Spotify. Spotify caved to the pressure and and silenced and censored me when I was back on Spotify, if you remember that. But Spotify caved to the woke pressure to censor Joe Rogan, folks. Of course, they can't get rid of him. They can't completely silence and censor him because they signed a $100 million contract with him. So they're not going to let the people like Neil Young, his has-been hippie butt, and his worthless music. That that, that doesn't matter. All these people going, we're going to take our music off Spotify. They're people that nobody even knows anymore anyway. That's not what got him. That's not what got him. It wasn't the Neil Youngs or the other has-been washed-up hippie musicians that that are getting Spotify to do this. Folks, look at the bigger picture here. This comes not even a week after the Biden administration Surgeon General called for Spotify to censor Joe Rogan. This is the president of the United States getting this company to do this. So now, ladies and gentlemen, they will be labeling Joe Rogan's podcast shows, the specific shows where he has people like Dr. Malone and others on. They will be labeling that as the COVID warning on it and saying, click here if you want actual truth of COVID-19. Joe Rogan made a response to that. Spotify to add uh, content advisory warning to podcasts that discuss COVID-19 after Biden Surgeon General called for Joe Rogan to be censored. Joe Rogan had a response to that. 
Let's go ahead and play that response by Joe now, or at least a couple minutes of it. Check this out. ...to address some of the controversy that's been going on over the past few days. And first of all, to say thank you to everyone that sent love and support. I truly, truly appreciate it. And it's been very nice to hear from you. I wanted to make this video, first of all, because I think there's a lot of people that have a distorted perception of what I do, maybe based on sound bites or based on headlines of articles that are disparaging. Um, the podcast has been accused of spreading dangerous misinformation, specifically about two episodes, a little bit about some other ones, but specifically about two, one with uh, Dr. Peter McCullough and one with Dr. Robert Malone. Dr. Peter McCullough is a cardiologist and he is the most published physician in his field in history. Dr. Robert Malone owns nine patents on the creation of mRNA vaccine technology and is at least partially responsible for the creation of the technology that led to mRNA vaccines. Both these people are very highly credentialed, very intelligent, very accomplished people, and they have an opinion that's different from the mainstream narrative. I wanted to hear what their opinion is. I had them on, and because of that, those episodes in particular, uh, they, those episodes were labeled as being dangerous. They had dangerous misinformation in them. The problem I have with the term misinformation, especially today, is that many of the things that we thought of as misinformation just a short while ago are now accepted as fact. Amen. Like, for instance, eight months ago, if you said, if you get vaccinated, you can still catch COVID and you can still spread COVID. You would be removed from social media. They would, they would ban you from certain platforms. Now, that's accepted as fact. If you said, I don't think cloth masks work, you would be banned from social media. Now, that's openly and repeatedly stated on CNN. If you said, I think it's possible that COVID-19 came from a lab, you'd be banned from many social media platforms. Now that's on the cover of Newsweek. All of those theories that at one point in time were banned were openly discussed by those two men that I had on my podcast that have been accused of dangerous misinformation. And not only that, they've been openly discussed here on Live from America and Stu Peters and many others who've not given in uh, to, the, to, to the pressure to not talk about this stuff. They tried to ban us everywhere for talking about this. Why? Because they didn't want it out. They can't not get it out with Joe Rogan. He's got 11 million viewers. He is beating CNN by 10 times. If Joe Rogan, if Spotify said, look, we're going to drop Joe, Joe Rogan, 11 million people would follow Joe Rogan anywhere he went, and, he, and there's no way to stop him. And they're not going to lose the money. They're just good. So I, I suggest that Joe Rogan, protest and say i'm not doing another show you're not getting 11 million worth of nothing until you pull those covid things off of my videos i don't know if he's going to do that or not but he spoke of cnn so let's go to cnn because this is cnn saying that exact same thing there's no way they can stop him this is brian stelter and his band of merry losers talking about people just who that. are listening to joe rogan's podcast don't necessarily believe it to be bad information. So uh, there was an analogy drawn between Doritos and Joe Rogan's podcast. Uh, people know that Doritos are not necessarily good for them. Uh, that you're not going to find a nutritional expert who says, you know, you should eat a lot of Doritos. 
But there are a lot of people who listen to Joe Rogan's podcast who believe that he's actually the, the truth teller. They, they believe the opposite, that, that Joe Rogan is good for an informational diet. And I think that's what's so important is that the people who are listening to him don't believe it to be bad information. So it, it's difficult, I guess, for them to make that, uh, that choice, that good choice uh, uh, of uh, consuming information when they, they think that uh, the, the podcast hosting people with anti-vaccine rhetoric is really the, uh, the truth-telling podcast. Kat, you made the Doritos reference. I, I rather liked it. What do you say to all You like Doritos? Is that what you're saying, Stelter? Um, I mean, I think that it just ultimately comes down to the question of how do you want to solve this? Listen you know, what and she that's says. Sort of where the analogy comes in. You know, here's people who, you know, they like something that we, you know, who consider ourselves more enlightened, don't think is good for them. Um, you know, we think that they're internalizing this misinformation, that they're using it to make bad decisions. Um, but if you took away Joe Rogan by deplatforming him, just as if you, you know, took away Doritos, it's, would they seek out better information? Would they seek out, you know, like a podcast like New York Times The Daily? Or, you know, would they start reading the Wall Street Journal? I don't know. I, I think that that's sort of the fundamental question here. So it does seem like increasingly this is this completely alternative media ecosystem that has to be understood. And it's, it is that Rogan media ecosystem. And you're saying those listeners are not going to go over to some more, some, one of, you know, they're not going to read the Associated Press if Rogan disappears. So you're, I, I feel like what, Kat, you're saying is just taking a more realistic approach to this whack-a-mole of, of uh, bands. Yeah, you know, I, I just think that providing as much information as possible is, you know, in the hopes that it will eventually get to the people who need it, providing as much good information as possible is probably a better bet than trying to, you know, shut down somebody who's already got a massive popular platform, um, you know, from reaching the people who are going to seek him out no matter what. And in the case of somebody like Mouse, you've got this Tennessee school district, you know, quietly doing something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're tired of that. Uh, you're the spokesman for Doritos, Brian Stelter. You should be the spoke, spokesman for uh, for eggs as well, because um, uh, you resemble one very, very much. But uh, getting away from the immature side of things real quick, what they just said is, are we basically, have our, has our mission to silence everybody failed? That's what they're basically saying. They're basically saying now that we can't stop, we can't silence everybody because nobody's basically on these platforms where we can silence them anymore. So instead of silencing them, just put out better information and hope people come to you. They're basically giving up on sen- they can't do anything about it anymore. There's two we built our own infrastructure and there's no possible way for trolls, for the lefties, for losers, for CNN, for Facebook, for YouTube to, to silence us anymore. And they know that the people are flocking to the truth. And that's why they're leaving CNN. That's why they're leaving MSNBC. That's why they're leaving Fox News. So they're going to places like Real America's Voice News, going to shows like Live from America, going to Stu Peters, going to people who actually are giving the truth. The same stuff we've been saying for two years, they're now saying. So what CNN is saying there is maybe we ought to try to do the same thing they did and just put out, you know, better information. Well, you can't get better than the truth. So what they're ultimately saying is maybe we should start doing the same thing. Maybe we should start taking our cues from the new media. So maybe they'll come back to the old media. But I've got a rude awakening for you. The old media is dead just like the old Republican Party is dead. The old way of doing politics in this country is dead. The old way of people sitting on their couch doing nothing and just going, oh, they're going to do what they do anyway is dead. It's over. You're done. Take the long walk off a short pier now. Get it over with. You're done. And what comes out of the ashes of you're done is people like my loudmouth. So get used to it. Deal with it. 
Dum Dum Award of the Day is going to go to Spotify. <laughs> Spotify, CNN, you can lump them all together. doesn't matter. They get the Dum Dum Award of the Day, folks. They're a good one to give the Dum Dum Award to, right? I think so. I think so. All right, I want to highlight uh, two more things real quick before I let you go. Remember the bakery that got fined $135,000 because they would not make a cake for the same-sex marriage? Well, ladies and gentlemen, after seven, eight years, eight years, there's finally some vindication for these folks, but there's still far more to go. Anyway, long story short, Oregon Court of Appeals overturns the $135,000 fine for the bakery that refused to make the same-sex wedding cake. There's good and there's bad news to this. The good news is, is the court, excuse me, the appeals court overturned the, uh, the fine portion and is now saying that that, uh, that company no longer has the $135,000 in fines. The bad news is they didn't overturn it based on religion, which is why these, this company did not do it to begin with because their faith in Jesus Christ did not allow them to, uh, um, to, to basically stand behind or do anything for a same-sex marriage, and that's okay. And that's okay. But the court did not rule it because of that, and this couple in this bakery want it ruled because of that. So they're even taking it even higher, ladies and gentlemen. They want the Supreme Court to step in and say, no, that's their right to religion, that's their freedom of religion, and you cannot punish them for that. Basically, the, the, uh, the Court of Appeals ruled that the $135,000 uh, needed to, be, to go back uh, or not be fined to this bakery because of something else, more of a legal reason, not because a freedom of religious reason, which if you don't get to the heart of the problem, then you don't carve out the cancer and it happens to somebody in the future. That's what they're going for. But there's the good news is, ladies and gentlemen, is they're no longer on the, um, they're no longer on the, uh, the list to pay the $135,000. All right, folks, we're going to end the show with some uh, a good, uh, basically what I started the show with when I started out with the, uh, the topic of the show today. And the topic of the show today was actually said, get ready to fight and win like never before. Well, Donald J. Trump said that this weekend. So we're going to go and we're going to highlight that video real quick. This is Donald J. Trump basically getting ready to sign off from his, uh, sign off from his rally. And this was his message to America. So to every patriot here today, I ask you to get ready to work, to get ready to fight, and to get ready to win, and win like never before. Now, when President Donald J. Trump says that after a rally full of promises and after he's looking younger than he did when he left office, ladies and gentlemen, what do you think he's saying? When he says, for every patriot out there, I want you to get ready to work and get ready to fight and get ready to win like you've never won before. What do you think that means? I think it means that we've been on the right track here on Life from America. We're going down the right road. We're on the same page as Mr. Trump, and we're about to seriously make America great again. And that even means for all the losers, because you know what? Uh, God signs, shines the sun on even the losers of this world. He shines that sun on even the, the swamp donkeys and the rhinos and the evil people of this world. He shines that sun on all the trolls on social media. He si- shines that sun on them as well. So Donald Trump will make America great again for even every single one of you. I can't wait for you to put on your little pink hats and scream to the sky, whether it be in real life or digitally. That's the day that I am going to sit back, have a cigar, and smile. 
Anyway, folks, <laughs> that's going to do it here for Live from America, ladies and gentlemen. I didn't see uh, 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 very many Rumble rants come in today, uh, so um, but I do want to tell you that we are now up to $1,500 in our slush fund, and we sent a check to Mark Fincham. Uh, just this morning from the money that was raised on Rumble Rants last week to help our fight in the Arizona election fraud. And we're going to keep going. I'll see you guys tonight at 5 p.m. for more Live from America. Remember, folks, there are right ways and there are wrong ways. But there's only one Yahweh. So stand up tall, keep your shoulders back and keep your chest out and keep your head up high because you are a child of God and no weapon formed against you will ever prosper. Have a wonderful day. Have a blessed day. Have a productive day. Take all the information from this show today. Arm yourselves with all the ammo that you need to strike down any leftist dumb uh, uh, swamp donkey rhino that tries to argue for Biden or for the election or for COVID vaccines. You got all the ammo that you need, ladies and gentlemen. I'll see you tonight. For more Live from America, have a great, wonderful, and blessed day. Bye-bye.